everyone. Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Carol. And we're so glad that you guys are joining us today. We are going to be getting into an episode where we're going to be talking about is Jesus Lord in your life? What does it really mean when we say Jesus is Lord? But, you know, before we get into it, we have actually set up our patron server for our podcast. So that means that you guys can now donate if you want to, to JCM Prepare the Way. And, you know, JCM, we're a nonprofit ministry, and so we really do rely on support from listeners like you guys. So if you would love to, if you'd like to support our podcast, you know, please consider becoming one of our patrons and you can do it for as little as $1 a month. So that it's <laughs> super, yeah, super low commitment. Um, but even if you did that, we'd be like, hey, we have your support. So we yeah. would appreciate it. So, yeah. So we have that link in the description of the podcast episode. So if you go check that out, we'll have that on there. But, um, before we get into it, Carol, I have to tell you, so last night I had some time, I was hanging out with my friends at night, but I had some time before I asked my husband if I could go out without him and the girls <laughs> and oh. my kids. Um, I had to do some errands and stuff, but I had some extra time and I was really hungry and I've been craving olive garden a lot lately. <laughs> Soup and salad. It's like the endless breadsticks and stuff, but I was by myself. And so what do I do? I go in at six o'clock on a Friday night <laughs> and I ask for a table for one and I sit and eat so happily, no shame. And then I go to hang out with my friends later. And I told my friend that I was like, it was the best. And she's like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for those people <laughs> that are sitting alone at a restaurant. She's like, I don't know if I could do that, but I kind of have always... I was sitting there so happy. No one was talking to me. No one was pulling on me. I didn't have to feed anyone except for myself. It was the best. But I'm curious to see because everyone's kind of different. Are you someone that would go? I'm not talking about like a Chipotle because there's definitely different levels. There's like a Chipotle noodles, but then there's like the sit down where you have an actual waiter. Like, would you go by yourself to sit at a restaurant? Totally. (laughs) And I've had to do that on business trips before. Uh And when I do that, I bring a book and I read my book and I sit quietly and I love it. I don't feel Uh weird. I am so content. And I just, I just use it as uh, a time to just kind of have some quiet for myself. So Mm -hmm. no, I think it's great that, and I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) That's great. And who doesn't love Olive Olive Garden? I know. know. It actually made me think a few years ago, it was before I was married or anything, I was on a vacation with my parents and it was over the 4th of July and we went to Chicago and then we were driving back. We stopped and visited some friends and I just had a lot of time. I was like, I just need some time by myself. Ends up being that it was the 4th of July that night. And so my parents, (laughs) they go on the boat with their friends because we're in somewhere where there was like somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere I can't remember. And I didn't have a car, so I walked to the nearest restaurant. Well, the nearest restaurant was Wendy's. (laughs) So I am sitting there at night on the 4th of July by myself eating a burger, which I would never even eat Wendy's anymore. Anyway, America. I know. And then what's more American than Wendy's, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I was like, I don't. I like to go out. My husband likes to take food home. I like to go. I like to sit at a restaurant. I like Uh to enjoy. I would not call the Wendy's a restaurant. (laughs) Fine dining. But then it was so funny because I look across the way and there's this guy that's sitting all by himself eating his burger on the 4th of July. And I'm like, 
he's all by himself eating a burger. And I'm like, wait, I'm all by myself on the 4th of July eating Aww. a burger at Wendy's. So it was just, but it just reminded me of that. Like, yeah. And there is no shame. I know. And then there are people who don't have anybody, yeah. you know, to mm-hmm. eat with. And so, yeah, that is kind of sad too. But mm-hmm. no, Mallory, I think it's great that you had. I think it's great you had time by yourself yeah. to have dinner and quiet. <laughs> you probably ate slower than you ever have before. <laughs> oh, it was so wonderful. Yeah, it was really great. That's great. Well, um, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in again. And we are, Mallory, I don't know about you. I'm so excited about today's topic. I know we say that a lot in our yes. episodes, but I think the significance of this word Lord That is so, um, I'm really passionate about that and the significance of calling Jesus Lord. Because for me personally, I don't know if this is for you as well, but this was one of those things in my journey as a believer that once I got it, once I fully understood it, it changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. So I pray that this podcast episode today helps somebody else the same way that maybe something clicks that you're like, wait a second, I, I get it now and I fully understand and I can move, I can move a new step in my journey. And so that's our prayer for you all today, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. for today. Yeah, me too. And I think it is really important to talk about for believers because a lot of people can say, I'm a Christian, but is Jesus really Lord of your life? Because there is a big difference there. And yes, Jesus is father. He is our friend. But we also submit to him as Lord. And, you know, with the day and age we live in, we don't really understand the relationship of a servant with a Lord. Mm. We know what a fatherly relationship looks like. Hopefully most of us know what that looks like. And Mm. we know what a friendship looks like. And but like I said, we just don't really understand that context. So we're really going to get into that today. So, Carol, how about you start us off with that? What does that word Lord mean? Yeah, you know, and I, 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 um, I'm excited to start it off because, and I keep going back to the feedback we had gotten where um, the Christianese, you know, trying to back yeah. up the bus a little bit and explain why we're talking about certain subjects. And this is a really good one. So let's look at that word, Lord. You know, what does it mean even in the Bible? Well, first of all, I think it's important we reference it uh, in what I'm about to say as it pertains to divinity in both the Old and New Testament. Because when you read your Bible first, there is Lord that refers specifically to God the Father in the Bible. And that's in Strong's Concordance 3068. And it's a Hebrew word. And this word, Lord, is mentioned over 6,000 times in the Old Testament alone. So there's a lot of references to God as Lord. And what that word is, is the word Yehovah which is used to describe Yahweh. Uh, a lot of people will say Jehovah. And, but what it is, it's a Hebrew word spelled Y-H-O-V-A-H. And what it means is the complete self-existent or eternal one. And so that is over 6,000 times in the Old Testament, how God is describing himself. And that divine name Yahweh, it only appears... In the Bible, God chose it as his personal name and the name by which he related to his chosen or covenant people. And he showed it over 
and over again that he is Lord over all. Because when you really look at the Old Testament, think about that. He is Lord over creation. He was Lord over the people. He was Lord over the nations, even nations such as Babylon or nations such as Egypt. He was Lord over nature. Remember the flood that covered the earth or the plagues that invaded ex in the book of Exodus um, in Egypt. He was Lord. He's Lord even over death and the grave. When you even read stories in the Old Testament about the dead coming back to life. He's also the Lord over sickness and disease. Remember when he prolonged one of the king's life, another, you know, period of time, I think it was 15 years, and he's Lord over all evil. And this is why throughout all of the Old Testament, he constantly reveals aspects of his nature through the names that he gives, which I think it'd be fun if we shared some of those names at the end. So maybe we can do that. But, you know, for instance, that journey from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai, he revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And then he also revealed himself as Jehovah Nisi, the God who is victor. And he also revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees our needs and provides for them. So he is Lord. So that's a very powerful word that is being used in the Old Testament, but also in the Old Testament. There is the word Lord that is Adonai, and that is in Strong's Concordance 136, and that is where he is Lord over all. And you'll see this word frequently appear in the Psalms, but also like, for example, in Deuteronomy 10 verse 17, it says, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality or takes a bribe. And so he is just Lord overall. So it's just another one. But then there's the Lord that's in the New Testament. And Lord in the New Testament is mentioned over 700 times. And that's going to be in your Strong's Concordance number 2962, which is the Greek. The other ones in the Old Testament are Hebrew. And what this word Lord refers to is supremacy being supreme in authority. This is when you might not just hear Jesus as Lord, but you'll also hear the word master. So Lord, master, owner, it's a title of wide significance. And it occurs in each book of the New Testament, except Titus and the epistles of John. Although John does not use the word Lord in his epistles, he does occasionally speak of him as the Lord. But what was neat about the epistles and all their ways of using the word Lord is that these men, they tied the full association of Jesus with God by the use of this word Lord. They bridged it together to create that full picture. And then the other word Lord that we see in the Bible is a general term. And this is not divine, but it's more authoritative. And it mentions the word Lord that is of a human title or honor. And so we'll see this, for example, in how Sarah addresses Abraham, her husband, or how Aaron addressed Moses, or how people addressed a king and others. So just to start us off, in your Bible, when you see the Lord capitalized, it's addressing the divinity of God as Yahweh, and then Jesus as his son. If Lord is not capitalized, it typically represents Lord, that is the title or honor to a person. 
And so that word, um, in reference to our faith in God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, it is no small thing. It's a title. It's a recognition that he is supreme, that he is Lord of all, including Lord over all of us. Yeah, that's so true. I loved how you went over the distinction between the two different lords that are in the Bible. And I think that's such a, um, just really insightful for us. And I mean, I do think for me, things did change so much when I really knew that Jesus was Lord. Um, I've shared my testimony on here a little bit, just little bits and pieces here of how I came to know the Lord. But, um, you know, growing up, it was just something like, well, first I grew up in a more, um, religious church and, um, where it was about following rules and a lot of fear of the Lord. And then I experienced kind of the other end where Jesus is more casual and Mm -hmm. your friend and your homeboy, you know, like some people would say that. And I don't think that there's, I think when I really came into the fear of the Lord, one, it came when I just had this radical encounter. I actually went to youth with a mission and it was there that I just realized, wow, God, you are all powerful. You love me. And just all the aspects of the Trinity of who God was. And that is when things changed for me. And that is when it was, God, I submit to you and give you my life. And like you said, for you, it just changed things for me. And I'm still learning about this. I'm holding on to every word that you're saying, Carol, because I know that that's something that you truly walk in. And there are seasons of refinement of that and, and just growing more into that. But I think it is so important because we do. People can say the Lord's name in vain, and we just need to know that there is a holy God up in heaven, mm-hmm. and we are to not take his name in vain, and we are to submit and um, be under his authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you mentioned something, the fear of the Lord. It definitely ties in with the fear mm-hmm. of the Lord, which is healthy, which is good, yeah. which is reverence, which is truly seeing yourself in the right position of mm-hmm. a holy God and, you know, his chosen people. So, yeah. Yeah. I just want to add to that. Cause I don't know if I explained that. So the first church that I went to was fear of the Lord, but no relationship with uh, God. And mm-hmm. then the other one was a personal relationship, but not as much fear of the Lord. And so when those two come together, it's just dynamite. So that's yeah. when things change for me. Yeah, that's great. It is. When they come together, yeah, it is. It's uh-huh. dynamite, truly. You know, um, can I share something kind of funny? And yeah. I know you know this about me, but. <laughs> I know so, what Because <laughs> I tell you, I've told you this before. Yeah. So in 2020, when we were all stuck at home and we were, you know, watching TV or doing whatever we were doing, I watched a couple of really good Ukrainian films. For those of you who don't know, I'm not a big TV watcher, but. What I do like to watch are a lot of international movies and shows with subtitles because (laughs) (laughs) they're clean and they're clean and they have great content. And a lot of them actually bring the Lord into their content. It's so refreshing. And anyway, but I was watching a couple of these really good Ukrainian films with subtitles and both of them were epic dramas about the Middle Ages And what they did um, was they chronicled the lives of different people who were living under lords, men or women who were in positions of authority over um, these people. And 
uh, I'm going somewhere with this. So if you can all hang tight for a minute, this ties perfectly in and I'm a visual person. So I think, I just thought this might be a fun example, but a little history lesson for those of you out there. Do you remember learning about the middle ages? Well, I do. Um, it's probably the one thing I really like yeah. <laughs> to learn about. It's kind of funny, but it started after the fall of the Roman empire in the late fifth century. And it lasted well into the 15th century. But during this time, a term called feudalism developed, which denoted the use of land ownership. And from this, the title of Lord came into being. And a Lord then was considered part of nobility and commonly known for owning and renting out plots of lands called fiefs. Ring any bells out there when you do your, your tests in history class? But what these lords did is they added to the social hierarchy by being the middleman between the lower classes and the king. And I remember learning about this in grade school. And it's just so funny how it all comes back. You never think like, why am I learning this? You know, but this social hierarchy developed from feudalism meant that certain individuals would serve under others. They would serve under lords. And many of these people were actually owned by their lords because when they bought lands, they bought the people that were on the lands. So they were purchased along with all that. And there were some folks, yes, they weren't owned. They were called free people, but they would work a fife, which is land, and they would work on a fife for a period of time and then they'd move on. But most were not free people. They were owned by their lord. They were his property and he could treat them however he wanted. So a bad lord could beat his workers or slaves. He could sell them. He could rape them. He could overwork them. He could starve them. He could do whatever he wanted to do to them. They were his property. And if they were caught running away, they would usually be killed or severely punished. But good lords were different. They too owned their people, but they respected them as persons. And they treated them kindly. They got to know their families. They protected them. And oftentimes, they helped them attain their freedom. And many times... The good Lord would try to buy people from the bad Lords, but the bad Lords would charge a hefty price mm -hmm. in order for the good Lord to get them. Do you can see where I'm going mm -hmm. on this? Yeah. Well, as I watched these TV dramas unfold that year, I remember thinking to myself, what a powerful picture of the kingdom of God. I was watching mm -hmm. it play out on a TV show. People who were owned by the bad Lord, they were truly trapped in misery, serving this miserable Lord. But those who were purchased and owned by the good Lord in these shows, they had a much different experience. And as I watched, I watched this example of both play out. And it was just really good for me to see this because this is what happened to us when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. You know, Colossians, I love the book of Colossians. And Paul says in that letter in chapter 1, 12 through 14, he says, We give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Why? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This was the exact verse I thought of when I would watch these shows, because this is exactly what took place for us. We were purchased, Mallory. Mm -hmm. We were purchased by a good Lord, a good master, Jesus Christ, out of the domain of an evil Lord. And Jesus paid a hefty price for us too, the highest price, his blood, 
and any who wish to leave the bad Lord uh, to have a different way of life, they can have that through the door, which is Jesus, who is the good Lord and master. It, it's available to anybody. He's already mm-hmm. paid that hefty price. So now it's accessible for anybody who lives on the earth. And whenever we're ready, when we desire for that, he will instantly transfer us out of one kingdom into his kingdom. And so with that said, this is why you'll read in some of the epistles and passages of scripture in your Bible that we are his possession. Read the Song of Solomon. It's all about this possession. That person that's in that Song of Solomon is the possession. He bought us, which is why the Bible tells us, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that's in 1 Corinthians 16, 19 to 20. And so friends out there, think about what that truly means for you. Do you think that way that you are no longer your own? Because what it really truly comes down to, when Jesus becomes our Lord, it becomes all about submission. We are so grateful Mm -hmm. for him saving us out of that dominion of darkness that we come up and we willingly submit to the Lordship, this new Lord, the Lordship of Jesus, and him becoming master over our life. Do you see him that way as your master? Mm -hmm. That's what changed for me when he became not just my savior, but became my Lord and master. It changed my thinking. It changed everything because what happens, it becomes about submission. Mm -hmm. We come up under him now, under his leadership, his lordship, under everything. And I love it how it says in Romans chapter 14, seven through nine, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. So see, he is truly Lord of all, the living and the dead, but especially the Lord of his children, his purchased possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, when we were thinking about this topic, I had a lot of the same things in mind too. And, you know, and a lot of people, they don't even like the word Lord. And that's why, and that's what a lot of people think of when it comes to Jesus or Christianity. And it's because, I mean, for really it's just the human race, you know, we don't like to have anyone telling us what to do. We don't, we want to have control over our lives. We want to decide what's right and wrong for ourselves. We don't want anyone, at least for most of us, you know, we just don't want anyone lording over us. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's a, that word slave is, feels very intense, but the reality is we are all a slave to something. You're either a slave to Jesus, who is the kind, kind and just King that you were talking about, or you're a slave to this world and to sin. And people don't realize that. They say, well, I don't want Jesus as Lord. Well, you're Lord to death and you're Lord to sin. And yeah, and we are either a slave to death or we come into submission to Jesus Christ and we receive life. And I just want to read this passage. I'm kind of saying my, you're saying just in different passages, so it'll just enrich it. Together. Yeah, but um, I've been in the book of Romans lately and God has just been speaking to me. Carol and I have been talking about this 
that it's just the simplicity of the gospel has just been getting me lately. So I'm going to read this whole verse from Romans 6, verse 4 through 11. Um, but it says, Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin must be rendered powerless so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Mm. That's that part right there that says we were enslaved to something. And then this is verse seven. Since a person who has died is free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And just this whole idea that, um, yeah, just reemphasizing that, we're no longer in an enslavement to death or to sin. We now have this new life. And just thinking about this, you know, I'm just thinking, wow, the amazing thing about our Lord, if you follow Jesus, is that everything he requires of us, he required from himself mm-hmm. and more. He's not just this evil taskmaster who's sitting pretty on his throne, looking down from heaven, just spewing out commands. No, God came down off of his throne to live the life of a human so that he could save us from being slaves to this world Mm -hmm. and to death so that we could experience his perfect almighty kingdom with him. He wanted us to share in that inheritance in those riches. Like you were talking about the good Mm -hmm. Lord and the bad Lord. I mean, I'm thinking about those bad Lords, but even more than the good Lords, he wants us to come into the kingdom and sit next to him, you know, and just Think about that. An eternal, all-powerful God came down from heaven to live on earth as a human. Think of Jesus. I mean, he just experienced all the human emotions. I don't know any king who would come off of his throne to live as a peasant, you know, and that's exactly what it was. And think of all the human emotions that a perfect God experienced. He experienced pain, fatigue, suffering, discomfort, hurt loss. He was hungry. He had to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah, he, you know, he yeah. experienced all the things and yet he still walked in perfect submission to the father. And remember what Hebrews four fifteen says, it says, for we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet. He still did not sin. And so I don't know about you, but I want that to be my Lord. I don't want sin to be my master. I don't want the enemy, the prince of this air, Satan to rule over me. I don't want death to be my destiny. I want to submit to the most loving, the most righteous king. I want to put my life in his hands because he is trustworthy. And that's why he is Lord. And that is why we submit to him. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, just when we talked about this topic of um, lordship. I was just thinking of someone who stood out to me in the Bible with this. And I think Job is really someone who stood out to me and, you know, Job, he has his whole chapter in the Bible, so go check it out. But, um, he was a man who's righteous. And even God said, he says, 
No one on earth is like him. He is a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. And I won't get into the whole story of Job, but if you haven't read it, I highly encourage you to go read it. But Job goes just through the worst of life experiences and everything that he had was taken away from him. I mean, it's just, it was wild how, how, um, just tragic his life was. And in such a short time, he lost his children. He lost his riches, his health, his status, and he truly was a man who suffered. And yet when Job was faced with all of this suffering, it happened like just all at once. He responded by falling to the ground and worshiping. And he said, naked, I came from my mother's womb and naked, I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This truly was a righteous man. And if you go read the rest of the story, you see he was human. He was not Jesus. He struggled and he never renounced God, even though he had his wife and his friends encouraging him. His wife just said, just curse the Lord and die. Just curse God and die. And he didn't. And, you know, the point is this, is that is Jesus Lord over all of your life, over all of your life circumstances? We can have one moment where in worships and we're saying, Jesus, your Lord, but that's because we might be in a high season. Mm -hmm. Does he have your heart and does he have your yes when you're only on the mountaintop moments or even when you're in that lowest valley? Because that will come. And just think of Job. He trusted God. His faith, it was not in this present life and what it had to offer. It was in the almighty God. He was Lord to him. You know, that is, that was so good. And uh, speaking of Job, it makes me think of the, you know, Job and or even Paul when they were in prison or mm-hmm. all of the struggles when you read about what the faithful followers of Jesus went through, what they endured uh, for mm-hmm. the sake of the gospel. And there's a great list that lists it out. You know, they were sawn in two and they mm-hmm. went around and, yeah. you know, all that. You know, I think something that we have to remember, we're debtors. We are indebted to him for what he did to us. We have a responsibility as a debtor then to go and tell the world there's a way out. Mm -hmm. There is a good Lord. There is a way out where you do not have to live in this evil system, this Mm -hmm. evil uh, whatever it is that you're in, that there is a way out. If we had discovered, if Mallory, if you and I had discovered a cure for cancer, we would be telling everybody, mm-hmm. well, we have the answer to the world's problems, my friends, mm-hmm. and it's Jesus Christ. And for any of your friends or family out there that are in the depths of despair, where you can just see that they are slaves to, I mean, everything that, that is contrary to God, we have the answer in Jesus Christ that he can transfer them in a split second from darkness into light because mm-hmm. he's already paid the price. And in a moment, they can come into the house of a great king, into the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And like you said, share in the inheritance into the riches of his glory from where everything comes from. And so mm-hmm. we are, we're debtors. We have a responsibility to as being indebted to what he did to go and tell the world to pay it back, to pay it forward, so to mm-hmm. speak, to pay it back and say, we have the answer to your problem. Mm-hmm. And so that that's why Job would not curse God. That's why Paul would mm-hmm. never curse God. That's why none of them would curse God 
because they were so indebted to him because mm-hmm. they he rescued them out of darkness. He yeah. rescued them from the depth of death where there was no hope. And mm-hmm. he transferred them into the kingdom of the son of his love where they will now have eternal life. And that yeah. that is something they understood fully. Mm-hmm. And that is why they accepted him as their Lord. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say the Bible, it doesn't talk about receiving Christ as our Savior. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So believe on the supremacy of Christ Jesus, friends, and you will be saved. Believe Jesus is now your master and you will be saved. That's what this passage is saying when it says, believe on the Lord Jesus. Believe that he's supreme. Believe that he is now the master. Believe that he is the owner of your soul who purchased you. It says you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, 1 Peter 1.18. And so when Jesus becomes your Lord, your life is under new management. Mm-hmm. His will be done, not yours. No, I'm sorry to say you are not your own. Your body, my body is not our own. Our will is not our own. Our mind is to become the mind of Christ. Our money is not our own. Our home, all of our belongings, our family, they're not our own. We own nothing. We are now stewards of his. We steward what already belongs to him as Lord. Just as people stewarded the property and possessions of lords in the feudal system, it's exactly the same thing. And Paul says, it's important that a steward be found faithful. So be encouraged by this. Mm-hmm. He's a good Lord. He knows how to manage your life better than you do. He wants to be your Lord because he alone can make out of you what he wants you to be. What you would also want, if you could see it from his vantage point. And that's who Jesus is. And why in Revelation, he is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the ultimate of all Lords, the highest of all who call themselves Lord or ever have. He is the ruler of all rulers and owner of all owners. That's why he is Lord over all. And so I just love that whole concept. And I think because we miss Mm. this important piece of our identity in him Mm -hmm. and just refer to him as our savior. That's why so many have not submitted to his lordship. Mm -hmm. And therefore so many Christians are confused and walking their own way thinking, Mm. well, as long as I'm saved by grace, I'll be fine. But there's a requirement. He must become your Lord because he owns you. And you touched upon that really well when you said some of us have a real problem mm-hmm. with somebody or something having mastery over our lives. Yeah. And that is something that you'll have to wrestle with out there if that is a struggle for you. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to really show you that Jesus is your Lord and how to come up under that Lordship. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's so good. I loved what you just said is that we haven't come into that part of our identity for most of us. I just think that that's a, that's a key part. We are servants of the Lord. And, um, I just think that's so good, but I know Carol, you said at, um, somewhere at the start that you were going to mention some of the names of the Lord as well. I'd love for you to touch on some of those before we end. Yeah. And may I mention before I do that, what you said about the identity piece, you know, I think that's why so many of us, we can't come to agreements within the body of Christ on Mm -hmm. topics related to sanctity of life because it's my body, my choice. And people even started to throw that out when it came to vaccinations, for example. People started really using that as a weapon, that Mm -hmm. statement. But at the end of the day, it's so Mm anti-biblical. And so that is the whole thing. And there are things that, you know, it's not just about that kind of stuff when I talk about the body. It's about what we put in our mouth. It's about what we put in our our mind. It's about what we look at, what we listen to. Are we taking care of this vessel, this, what he calls the temple? Are we exercising it or are Mm -hmm. we, or are we gluttons? I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a whole host of things because the body is to be holy unto the Lord. And so, yeah. So when we make him Lord, it's not just Lord of our body. It's Lord of our money. It's Lord of our family. It's Lord of our lives. And that's the important thing because Mm -hmm. he owns all of it. But yeah, the names of the Lord, I think you and Mm -hmm. I both, (laughs) we love the names of the Lord as the nature that the descriptors in the Bible that really describe who he is. And I think sometimes when we learn those and we start praying those in prayer or even just Mm -hmm. declaring them over our families or our environments, it really solidifies that word Lord. Like it really reminds us, wow, he is Lord over everything. So yeah, Mm -hmm. so I do want to make mention of some, you know, when I pray, when I'm driving in my car or just declaring his names out in Colorado somewhere, you know, I always declare, um, and if y'all don't mind, I'm going to mention Hebrew names because that's where a lot of them are mentioned. But, um, I always thank the Lord that he is El Elohe Israel. He's the God of Israel. And if you don't understand Israel, we do have a podcast on Israel called why Israel, please tune into that. It really explains a lot. But he's also El Roi. He is the God who sees. His eyes Mm -hmm. are on the good and the evil. Nothing escapes him. So when we look at a world that is fraught with all kinds of lawlessness and craziness, we know that his eyes are on everything. Um, He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our Prince of Peace. That's what Shalom means. Actually, Shalom means uh, peace, wholeness, soundness, safety, well-being it encompasses your wholeness the wholeness of who you are that's what shalom means and so he is the lord of that he is um jehovah um, shema he will never leave us nor forsake us so when you're feeling scared when you're feeling overwhelmed when you just feel alone maybe there's somebody sitting alone at a restaurant eating yeah. or something he's and with you he's with you and he was with mallory yeah. <laughs> no we but we're having a great time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so you know he will never leave you nor forsake you mm-hmm. he's jehovah rohi so jehovah remember we said is one of those words for lord but he's jehovah rohi which is your shepherd he will lead you. He will guide you. He will protect you. His shot, his rod and staff will comfort you. He's the Lord of that. He is over all that. He is um, Jehovah Sabaot. He is the Lord of hosts. He commands the armies of heaven. He pours out his power upon the earth. He is mighty. I mean, 
think about that, friends. He tells every lightning bolt where it should go. He touches the mountains and they smoke. It's just so incredible how powerful he is. He's Jehovah Nisi, the God who is our victor. This name was actually revealed in Exodus when he when they were holding up Moses's arms because they were in the in the fight with the Amalekites. That's when he revealed himself as the God who is our victor. And so he is victorious and we are victorious in Christ. He became Jehovah Rapha or you can say Yahweh Rapha, whatever you want to say. But that means healer. Because when they came upon, uh, when they were traveling from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai, they came upon the bitter springs and he had them throw wood into the water and he healed the water so they could drink and he became the Lord God who heals. He's everything for us, everything. He is Jehovah Jireh. He sees your needs and provides for them. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, the God of our righteousness. He became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He imputed his righteousness to us, and then the Holy Spirit works in our life to impart more righteousness to us so that we walk out a life of righteousness. And he's our sanctifier. I mean, he's everything. He's the creator. He's El Shaddai. He's God Almighty, all-powerful. He is Yahweh, the great I am, the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. He's everything. Is that what you wanted me to go into? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just get so in mm -hmm. awe of his names, and I know you do too. And mm -hmm. it's, and when you learn, because all all those titles, all those titles we just listed, and Mallory probably have more, um, they are reveal his nature, they reveal his attributes, and so you can trust in him completely. You know, instead of the father of lies, that evil Lord, we have a good, righteous king and a mm -hmm. good and righteous Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes, so good, you guys. Well, so good, Carol, <laughs> and you guys <laughs> joining us. Um, Did you want to add anything to those names? Because I know you like them. No, you covered all of them. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, well, you guys, thanks again for tuning in. And if you guys want to reach out to us and – um, questions or prayer requests, that would be great. You can email us at prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com. Yeah. And, and thanks again, you know, as Mallory mentioned in the very beginning, we just launched our Patreon, um, site for our podcast and we would just love your support for as little as a dollar a month. I mean, coffee costs more than that for some of us, but we would just love your support. We're, we're constantly trying to just keep bringing you good content and expand further. So please visit the link in the description of this podcast, or you can go to podbean.com and look up JCM Prepare the Way and look for our patron server there. Take care, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye. Bye.